the prayer that God will refuse to answer for every child of God, part three. And it's for our good. Why? Because God is very serious about us being humble and being meek. Praying through the Bible series, message number 493, Daniel White IV. Uh, I know that you might be mad at me. That's all right, Daniel Ezekiel. Uh, you're not mad at me, uh, but uh, we're almost at 500. Through it all, uh, God has done some mighty things uh, over the years, every Wednesday. That's 500, that'll be 500 Wednesdays, not 500 days, 500 Wednesdays. And I thank the Lord for both of my sons helping me tremendously with the sermons uh, and the messages and changing things at the last minute and all of the things they had to do to help me with that. And also putting together the uh, the um, uh, prayer devotional Bible, which is still on Amazon.com. I don't say much about it. But you can get the prayer devotional Bible on Amazon.com right on your phone, right on your device. And uh, a whole lot will be added to it over time. Uh, for I do pray because it's a lifelong project, this whole series. Please stand and turn in your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 7 through 10, a very unique and powerful, and really, if you have been saved for a while, meaningful passage for, for you middle-aged Christians. Paul is writing, And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. I prayed to the Lord three times about it, that it might depart from me, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Uh, now, coming out of 40 to 50 to 60 years of the so-called prosperity gospel you don't know anything about this passage you have never preached on it you've never heard the prosperity gospel uh, liars preach on it everything is supposed to go wonderful and well for you and if you have any trouble or tribulation or, or 
a thorn in the flesh is because you are evil or you don't have faith in God. Paul had a whole lot of faith in God. And revelations that he, you, you wouldn't know anything about. But yet he had trouble. Notice, yet he had tribulations and trouble in his life. But notice how he responded and how we respond today. People respond today. A bunch of lying Christians who act like they don't have any problems, tribulations, and troubles. And, and, and by doing that, you have not helped one saint who's going through tribulations and troubles. Verse 10, therefore I take pleasure, notice what Paul is saying here, I take pleasure in infirmities, thorns in the flesh, in reproaches, in necessities, not always having what you need, in persecutions, people persecuting you for no reason, even family members. The devil will make your your uh, best family members who used to love you hate you for no reason. You, you don't need to get mad at them. If you want to get mad at anybody, if you want to get mad at anybody, get mad at the devil. Oh, but we're not supposed to have our, uh, any problems like that. Our families ought to be perfect and wonderful. And Danny, is your family perfect? And family drama just won't stop. If the royal family, they got drama. They can't even resolve. The Beckham family, they i mean—they just had a wonderful, beautiful marriage. And I talked about it. Uh, their daughter, son got married to a beautiful young lady. And now they, they out of sorts with each other. And they got billions and millions and, and on and on. And you are a Christian. You don't have any problems in your marriage and family. You're a liar. Your feet ain't made. And your heart pumps peanut butter. You're a liar. <laughs> in distresses. Paul rejoiced in these things. Why don't you rejoice? In your distresses. For Christ's sake. For when I am weak. Then am I strong. Dr. John Flavel said. The more afflictions you have been under, the more assistance you have had for this life of holiness. God's grace is all you need. Allow me to share with you uh, a little thing that I came across today, which I have told you myself. Uh... And I found it uh, from a guy named Dr. Roger, Dr. Roger Barrier. Don't worry about all that. Don't worry about all that. Dr. Roger Barrier. And the question was raised to him, what if my wife is my thorn in the flesh? He said, Dear Dr. Roger, I am a long-time Christian. And this is not me now, but I can identify with this brother. He said, I am a long-time Christian who has been married to the same woman for 42 years. And let me say something to 
you about that. I have said it before and I'm going to say it again. And I know some of you, half of you are not going to like it. And I don't care. Because you know it's true. You and your girlfriends know it's true. I don't believe that men cause most of the problems in marriages. I don't. Oh yes, there's some sorry, no good men. I'm talking about saved men who are born again. I don't believe they're the ones who make, they cause the biggest problems. Some of you women are a hot mess and you know it. You tried to tell him you was a hot mess and you tried to check him out to make sure he could handle your hotness and your messiness. Your hot messiness, okay? Because, you know, I mean, that's just the reality. Um, I, I Personally, I believe the last virtuous woman just died, Queen Elizabeth II. And she was virtuous and faithful and steady and consistent because she was born again and saved and committed to Christ. See, that's what makes the difference. There's nothing good in me at all. Nothing whatsoever. I don't see myself as a good person at all. All I know is I have a good Savior. And that's the only reason why I am with my wife tonight. After 40, I mean after 34 years. Going on 35 in a few months. Jesus Christ. Okay. So uh, I believe that in the church. I believe that born again Christian men are not the main problem. They they may be the problem problem in the sense they don't understand their authority, but there are many women uh, who will give most men in the church a run for their money. And all of you women, you nodding your head if your husband is not sitting beside you, because you know it's true. If you with your girlfriends on the phone, your girlfriends. Talking about, let, let's hear what this Negro is going to say tonight. <laughs> Honey, child, you know he's right. That's what's wrong with Sister Betty over there with her husband. If she don't, if she don't act right, she's going to lose that man to me. And so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So that's just the reality. And, uh, uh, you know that to be true. And that's why I'm telling men to rise up and be the man you that God wants you to be. You don't have to be like me. I want you to be like Christ. But Christ is not going to let you run all over him. Like right now, he's not he's he's chastising you and rebuking you in the church. He doesn't play. And if you don't I mean, if you are a hypocrite in the church, but yet you've been in the church for 50 years, he's going to watch you go to hell. In fact, he's going to tell you to your face, I never knew you. Now, okay. We need more men to tell their wives, you're not acting like a wife. The house is a mess. The children have not been bathed in five weeks. Uh... You're constantly feeding the children hot dogs and poking beans, and you don't fix me anything. Anyway, the devil is a lie, and there's a devil loose. I am a long-time Christian, he said, who has been married to the same woman 
for 42 years. My experience is like the Apostle Paul's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 2. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 12 verse 7. And uh, basically what we just read. Uh, thorn in the flesh. We don't know what his thorn was, but I know mine, he said. My wife is my thorn in the flesh. Now, I've already told you that. I don't have any other thorns in the flesh. So far, thank God. I thank God that I have not had uh, sickness really in my life personally that much and uh, in our whole family. I thank God for that. I don't take that for granted. I don't take it lightly. Because, it's, I mean, uh, I mean, one of the reasons why, God, by God's grace, he led me to have my wife to breastfeed all of our children. You say, well, she didn't do it voluntarily? No, not really. And so I, I wanted it done. That's all. Well, how you do that, preacher? I, I, I just insisted. And, and and I didn't have any real knowledge or understanding of it. My mother didn't breastfeed me or any of our siblings. That's why we had earaches and two teeth falling out of our mouths and everything else. That didn't happen to my children. We never had to take them uh, for any cavities or anything like that. They didn't have, never had any earaches. You know, that's very common among children in America. Drinking Similac and drinking cow's milk, which is not made for you. That's why we got a bunch of... Young people who look like cows, they walk like cows because they've been drinking cow's milk. They they didn't drink their mother's milk. And uh, so uh, I thank the Lord for leading me to do that. Uh, now this man continues to explain, and I know about this, and some of you husbands know about this. You know, you're not going to look at you, you're not going to say it tonight because you're sitting beside your wife. You're going to wait to go to the men's meeting, and then you're going to say what you got to say there. Yeah, man, you know. <laughs> yeah, brother, you know. Woo, she's something else, man. I don't, I don't want to cross her. That's how you talk among yourself, but you don't tell your wife that. And you're less than a man if you do that. See, and deep down, believe it or not, deep down, brothers, your wife wants you to tell her the truth about herself. Nobody else is going to do it because they're afraid of her too. You can't be afraid of your woman, man. Tell her straight up what the deal is. You don't need me walking around your house on eggshells, can't say anything, can't remark about anything, can't uh, give a commandment about no uh, young lady. You're not going to my house with no halter top on. And shorts, not my house. I'm ah, uh, uh, uh. You see my eyes? I'm not even looking at you. That means go back to your room. And I want my wife to join me in this, in 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 and, and help and assist you in changing into something more modest, less some devilish, doggish young man out there do something to you that will make me want to hurt somebody. 
And the old preachers and deacons used to say, I may have to lay hands on you. <laughs> Wrong kind of hands. <laughs> but I will, boy. Mm -mm. And by the way, some of these things happening with these young ladies today just should not be happening. Where are the fathers? Where are the parents? Where, where is somebody? And I'm going to say this to my daughters and granddaughters, and I'm going to say this to your daughters. I hate it. I know in America you're footloose and fancy free. You can, it's the American way. You can do what you want. You're free as a bird. But, sweetheart, you cannot be hanging out at a club while you're in college, working at a bar, and then driving home late at night, 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. The devil and his crew, they're out there waiting on you. You can't go riding a bike at 4.30 in the morning, go jogging at 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. I don't, know what, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. Driving a Uber with a, a big old husky six foot six man in the back who can wring your neck with two fingers. And you trying to be nice and talk and all of that. You shouldn't be doing that. That's all free. It has nothing to do with the message. But if you want to live a long life, you better uh, take heed to what I'm telling you. Because these, these, these people are demon-possessed. I tried to tell you that. With all of the demonic pornography they have seen, they don't... They, I, I just wish men were more romantic and take the time and not rush. They are not thinking like that. They're, they're Christian men who are not thinking like that. They they ready to get down with it and get to the point of what they see what you can do for them. And if you dress a certain, if you dress like a harlot and dress like a whore in your tight skinny jeans, don't get mad at me. And you showing everything you got. They that's what they want. Don't you get mad with me? Your little short shorts and your little short dresses and all of that. Uh, when you get raped now, I mean don't come crying because It's too late. You say well, it's just not right. Just, uh, I know it's not right But it's not right for you to be out at 430 in the morning. Don't tell me you taking the job by yourself You should not be driving from a club by yourself at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry Not in this world not not today And I say that because I love you because these bad things can happen to all of my daughters. I hope they read my book and they are taking heed to my book, books that I wrote for them, and they, they're taking heed to the books they wrote. Be sober-minded, be vigilant, be watchful. Stay home. That's my advice to you. You don't need to be out early in the morning the drunkards, the drug dealers, the whoremongers, the rapists, they're out. That's what time they're out, man. They're out from 11 to 7 or 8 in the morning. That's, that's, when, they, that's when they do their evil work. If I were you, I, anything I need to do, I'll do it in the daytime, and I'll be careful even then. 
This is all free. This is what God wants me to tell you. My daughters are listening right now and, and, and family members and friends and enemies and, and many others. Anyway, this man was talking about his wife, that she is his thorn in the flesh. He says she is angry, bitter, constantly nagging. How many of you men got a wife like that? Now, don't be shocked by this, men. You have a sinful nature, and there's some things about you that the woman does not like because we have a sinful nature. If you don't have Christ, it's not, it's not going to work well, my friends. Now, just one of you with Christ, it, it, it can work, isn't it? but it's not going to work well. And, 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 and the woman that he's describing is not a saved woman as far as I'm concerned. You understand me, people? See, see, all of this stuff, I'm saved, but I can cuss you out and, and raise hell and be mad at the devil 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but be happy when I go out with my girlfriend to the coffee shop. Mad and angry and frustrated with the children, but I can take care of others, my girlfriend's children, just laugh and talk with her and eat cotton candy, but, I, but don't want to spend any time with your own children, see? There's something wrong. You don't have natural affection. When you love other people's children, but you don't love your own. See, something is wrong. You're not saved. See, people? People, you need to understand this. Many people are not saved. If they don't act saved, they're not saved. They're not born again. You always got to pump them up and all of that. People are not born again. They're not saved. They're, they're terrorists in the church. He kept on describing her nagging and always berating. She berates him. She has no friends. And watch this. And argues with me every time I want to go to church. Now, I've told you all about this with my own wife. Now, if you want to see my wife turn into a she-devil, a witch, God, I know, I listen, I, I ain't trying to, in, in any way, trying to hurt anybody. I'm telling you the truth. God knows it. My wife, my children know it. And I know it. And she knows it. But she can't see it as clearly. To get, you want to see her turn into a she-devil witch? If I start to pray and read the Bible, and or while I'm praying or after I finish praying and reading the Bible, I get my notebook and start writing things down about what we're going to be doing here today for the ministry or something like that. Or, but especially on Wednesdays before the services. And this was the case before I started preaching every day. And, and every day she's been this way. But Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, leading up to Sunday... She turns into a she-devil witch. That's a fact. This man had the same experience. And if you sweet evangelicals can't handle the truth, you can't handle the truth when you know it's the truth in your own household, but you've been walking on eggshells and rose uh, petals for the past 25 years, you don't have enough strength to even, even try to change. And I don't advise you to change. Just go ahead on and keep on giving in to your wife and let her... I'll call you everything but a child of God. 
just today my wife is right here she's a witness to this God told me to pray with her because something is about to pop off on this Wednesday now I'm telling you people it could be placid as it can be but when God tells me this and you know what I did I told her I said look here even if you're not saved and I believe you're not I told her I said start praying now pray and ask God to help you as a human being to control yourself and I'm gonna pray with you because something something get ready to pop off just and my before that it was just as peaceful just as placid as it could be in fact uh, so wonderful, which is not, this is not uncommon for us, uh, if you must know, we had sex this morning, and everything, for a long period of time, everything was just fine. Had our meal together and everything else. But, but God told me to turn to her and tell her that, and sure enough, it was less than 15 or 20 minutes. She pulled one of her stunts. And I thank God that I had already received the warning from him. So it was not a biggie. See. So I know what this man is talking about. And many of you men know what this man is talking about. And you gentlemen, men, wild men, whatever you are. You do not help your wife if you just let her have her way. And, and she, oh, oh, she can put on the dog on the job. She can put on the dog in front of the pastor and the pastor's wife. And act like she's such a wonderful, virtuous woman. And she can even act like a doting mother in front of other people. But when she comes home, you're looking at a witch. Proud, stubborn, and rebellious. And the reason why some women right now are mad as fire at me. Is because I'm the only one telling you the truth. There's some other preachers telling you the truth now. Thank God. But I'm telling you the truth. How it really T.I. is. See. And deep down if you're saved you love it. And you're nodding your head. And saying show you're right. If you're lost you're mad as the devil. See. Some of you. Listen to me very carefully. Some of you women. Who are lost and so full of hell and the devil. You're just like the homosexual crowd. They're so blind to what they're evil. That they think that homosexuality is not a sin. It's not, it's not even a sin. But adultery is a sin. But homosexuality is not even a sin. See. And that's how some of you women are. You, 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 you don't see your own sin. Your pride, your stubbornness, stubbornness, your rebelliousness, your witchcraft, your disrespect of your husband. And you want to be left alone with it to do as you please. Are you a thorn in the flesh to your husband? Now notice what he says here. And this is a real story, a true story. I, I, this is not me. But it sounds like me. 
I don't even think he's a preacher. Notice what he says here. She has hurt our daughters so much that she is estranged from them. Even causing me to be estranged from them because they don't want to have anything to do with her. Now let me tell you something. That is so true. A few weeks ago you might have told, you might have heard me tell you about my mother's, my in-law, my wife's mother, called herself doing a surprise visit. But see, she didn't know that I've, I've been prayed up regarding her and her family, her side of the family, my family, uh, for years. Led my wife in prayer, my children in prayer, even praying for them. But as far as my wanting to uh, uh, spend Thanksgiving dinner with them, I really don't want to do that. But anyway, the truth of the matter is, uh, even though their grandmother, you know, my children, my daughters didn't really get any motherly love or guidance while they were coming up. I had to make my wife hug them and tell them I love you. My daughter Danny and my daughter Denise, they wanted a mother where they can confide in and ask questions, you know, that women want to ask. They had to go out uh, and find mentors to help them with that, which is a crying shame. And my daughter Danny uh, uh, has been looking for a mother for years. And the truth of the matter is, now they, they're grown now and they try to be uh, politically correct and they try to be Christian about it. And I see them trying and it's hard, it's painful because they know what she did. And even though her mother tries to turn their minds from the truth, they know the truth and deep down in their heart they really don't want to have anything to do with her. See, that's just the reality. They, they, and they can't fool me. But they, they, I have given them credit. I have given them credit for trying to be Christian about it and to still try to show respect and honor. And honor. That's, that's, that's how I raise them. And that's what they are doing on their own by the grace of God. But deep down in their heart, they really don't want to have anything to do with it. And this is not uncommon. See, if you're an absent, absent mother, father, whatever the case might be, and you didn't spend quality time with those children and love on them while they were going, I don't care if you like it, people, you people of the American way, I'm telling you the truth. You think that 18 years, 19, 20, 21, 22 is a long time. It's not. And if you don't stay home with those children and 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 and, and homeschool them and uh, get to know them and help them uh, let them serve with you in whatever you're doing, you're going to miss out on everything, Jack. And guess what else? They're not going to even know you. 
So therefore, when they get grown, they really don't want to have anything to do with you. And that's what this woman here did. So badly that the, the, the daughters are estranged from her. And so therefore, because most husbands and wives and husbands kind of take her for the wife, even though she was a devil, a she-devil all of her life, which is a mistake, gentlemen, because God may want you to uh, uh, be blessed with a good, decent relationship with your children. And you can listen to me very carefully. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. If she has not done her job, she cannot have the reward that God gives you. Well, I know we are one. We are one, but you didn't do your part. And that's what devilish women want you to do. Who did not do their part as a mother, as a wife, as a woman in the family. They want you to cover for them and make your children who really don't want to be bothered with her anymore. Uh, uh, treat uh, her like they tr want to treat you. And you can't do that. You got you got to let it be. Because you can't you can't lie about it. You can't fake it. Everybody knows what happened. Everybody knows what went down. And this ha this is common. This happens in many families. Even Gail said, you know, you know, with you know, the, the, the uh, Oprah and Gail, they think they're so wise. They know everything. You know, they uh, yeah. Oprah may know quite a bit, but not so much Gail. But she digging into the uh, Harry and Meghan situation, and she said, all, "All large families have drama." She right. See, and see, in my opinion, there should not be any drama with Diana when she was here, Harry and Meghan. The, the, the Queen Elizabeth the Great she was a no drama mama did she like everything she had to do no it's not in our sinful nature to like everything but when you are sitting on billions and you have palaces to live in and Rolls Royces to ride in horses to ride on and you can go anywhere in the world you want to go and be met with throngs of people. The queen's attitude was, let's get on with it. And that's Kate's attitude. Because once you spend an hour, two hours, shaking hands and smiling, everybody loves you and trying to take a picture of you and everything, that yes, that is exhausting. But then you can go home and get in your uh, bikini and go jump into one of your pools. What are you talking about? What is the problem? You can get on a jet and go halfway around the world. And that's what the queen was saying to all of them, including her son Charles. Get on with it. You've been blessed. And some of you have been blessed and you're still not happy. And Gail is right. She's saying the same thing that Freddie Haynes said. And family drama just won't stop.
the children estranged because of the wickedness of the mother. I could go on, he said, with the, de with the details, but you get the idea. Recently, during a marriage counseling session, we discovered that she was sexually abused by her father. Now watch this. I have asked my wife that. What is it? Were you sexually abused by your father or your brothers or, or, uh, or some family friend or something? What is it? <clears throat> and uh, she told me, no, sir. That has never happened. And she swears to this day uh, that she has been a virgin. She was a virgin when she got married. So I asked her that. And uh, because I, I thought maybe this is something psychological. But no, she's just not saved. And I believe she's demon-possessed. He said, do you still, do you love your wife? Yes, I do. And she'll tell you that. I may not like her that much, but I do love her. And it's not my love, anyway. It's God's love, really, man. Truly. I wouldn't be here if it was my love. See, so... From the ages of four until she was 10, she was sexually abused. She buried the pain. Watch this. And this is what many women do, which is very, very uh, bad to do. I've asked all of my children, has anyone ever sexually molested you? Now, uh, for the most part, uh, I mean, for all of their lives, I was around for the most part. I did have a few meetings in the earlier days. So I cannot uh, put my finger on anybody doing that. Uh, but I was pastor of a big church, and uh, you know I'm asking because maybe a, a funny uh, Sunday school teacher might have pulled them in the corner or something. I, I, I asked all of my children that down through the years. Has something like that happened? Because I want to make sure, you know why I ask that? Because what happens is parents, most parents who don't spend time with their children, and 18 years go by, they don't even know the children, they don't know what happened. And what happens is many people, especially women, will hide that, and, 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 and boys too, young men too, will hide that until they get 45 years old, 50 years old, and then they want to talk about the priest molested them, the pastor molested them, the Sunday school teacher molested them. See, I want to know now. So I can go ahead and 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 uh, do a Will Smith on them real quick, and then take you to some to see somebody to talk with while while you're young and get over that. And this is what many women have done. They've been molested. They've been raped. And they carry that like he's getting ready to tell you right now. They carry that all up into the marriage. They're frigid. 
They're cold as ice. Now, I, I mean, I thank the Lord that my wife has not been that way uh, as far as being a refrigerator woman. I thank God because I, I got married to have sex legally without any guilt. I don't care if you like it or not. Well, what about the romance? What about the... This is not the Hallmark Channel. I got to have it. I mean, God God wants me to get it. And she needs to have it. I don't care if you like that or not. In fact, in fact, I'm inviting all of you. You'll hear more about it tomorrow. Starting on... We've already started, but started on... Starting on the... 1st of October, 10 more days from now, I, all of you people who claim to be evangelicals and Christians and you're obviously horny as the devil won't have sex with your mate, your spouse that is, your, your, uh, your spouse being a male and a female, that's who I'm talking to. I'm not talking to anybody else if you're not married. Because you would be sinning against God. I'm talking to married people. And some of you up here texting women. There's another man in trouble. Not only the preacher. Another man. Got a wife. Got a beautiful girl. Baby coming. All this kind of. He's up here texting. Ooh girl. Ooh. ooh, ooh. No, you can't. See. See. You need to understand something about texting. It's, it, it has a pornographic flavor. Because of the screen. And you're behind that screen, and you can say some things through that text, which is very dumb, Mayor of Detroit, because somebody will see those texts. But see, the devil deceives you to think, oh, this is something private between me and her, man. And, you know, I can say some things behind this, this screen or this phone, you know, that can just, you know, rock her world. Because, you know, women are really caught up with the words and poetry and all that kind of stuff like that right there. And see, that, that, see you're going to get yourself in trouble. That's why we got a pastor out of the ministry right now. Uh, uh, this man here getting ready. I don't know what they're going to do with him. He's got three or four women coming after him. Now he told the truth about one of them. He said, he said, girl, he said, you're the most, yeah, you got the finest, you're the finest. I, wow. He said that in the text. You see, and when you are uh, caught up in the moment, you say stupid things like that. Those texts are recorded. Uh, that's dumb. You got husbands and wives in the church. You know, one, one of the reasons why God has chastised us and rebuked us because you people are horny. You want sex. You need sex. But you don't want it with your spouse. Because you're mad at him. You're mad at her. Y'all been on a silent treatment. And some of you men are so effeminate. You get on the silent treatment too. She ain't going to speak to me. I'm not going to speak to her. Man, have you lost your mind? You got to initiate all of that. All you need to say is, come on, girl. She knows that me. Come on, come, come in, girl. And even if she mad, is she going to come? She's coming. She may cuss. Uh, she may say some words. And I don't feel like it. You know. 
And you just say, you got a headache? Okay, here's some aspirin right here by on the, on the nightstand. Chew it down. She buried the pain of her child molestation. She buried the pain, that's what the man said, and shame for most all of our marriage. That's not good, people. You women who are doing that, you got to come out of that, man. If something happened back in the day, it'd be better for you to tell him up front before he even marries you. Because that's going to be a hellacious situation. I told my wife the truth about everything before we got married. And if yes, I just said, if you can deal with that, just deal with it. I told her about children I had before I met her. I was not a virgin. But yet, I wanted a virgin. Now, some of you say, see, that's not right. That's not, it may not be right. It may not be fair. But that's how it was. So I hate you. That's all right. I'm okay. Until finally the rage boiled over. You see, you keep stuff like that inside of you. Your father molesting you. Your brother molesting you. A neighbor, family friend coming over when your father was not there. Your brother was not there molesting you. You're going to be filled with anger and bitterness. And you're going to be talking about, leave me alone. Don't touch me. But then you'll see Bo Peep in the church. You'd be rubbing the ball against him and getting that hug because he don't know about you. Trying to get some loving in the fellowship hour. Even Eddie Long, when he was living, he, he had a church so lustful at the time. He said, some of you people are so full of lust, I can smell it up in here. The devil is alive. Then he goes on to say, we've been to a Christian counselor and things are not going very well. He said, I was told that healing the sex abuse damage may take years. Now, they've already been married 42 years. They don't have many years left. See, this is why, folks, all of you claim to be Christians, all of this lying and covering up, which some of you women are good at doing. And, and husbands, you, you, you're not good at pulling it out of her. I don't care how mad she gets. You, you got to get down to the truth before you can be set free on some areas. Well, I don't want to say anything to her. I don't want to rock the boat. Turn the boat over. When, when uh, she gets wet, maybe she'll t start talking. Because you're not listening to me, people. If you don't deal with mess, you're not going to have the freedom and the liberty to really communicate and talk and get intimate. Now, let me tell you something. I tried to tell you this before. Honesty is the best aphrodisiac. It's the greatest turn on between a man and a woman. When they can get naked about the truth in their lives, even being with other people and all of that kind of thing. Now, now you're going to be getting somewhere, sexually speaking. And you can go ahead and put that behind you and go ahead and get down to business. In a real sense. Okay? So stop all of this lying. Some of you can't. Some of you women uh, can't get intimate 
because you are a liar. You lied about everything. The man has asked you questions and, and, and you've lied, lied, lied. And he's going to ask you questions if he's a man. And that's his prerogative. Because he's over you. It is really not your prerogative to be trying to tell him what to do, but he can, he can tell you what to do. And he'll tell you things if you just have the right attitude and spirit. Then he goes on to say, my problem is that I don't know how much longer I can hold out. Well, you know, this is what I said about Charles Stanley. I said, 43 years of marriage? What do you mean? What? What? You don't know how long you're going to hold out. <laughs> what are you talking about? Huh? It'd be cheaper for you to keep her, Jack. 43 years. That's why I didn't want to hear nothing about Charles Stanley's wife. I didn't want to hear nothing when they brought that up. I, I, I said, ain't nothing wrong with that woman. That man has not done anything wrong to him. He didn't spend enough time. Have you lost your mind? He spent 43 years with you. Have you lost your righteous mind, woman? And you're going to throw it. See, this is a, such an amazing thing to me. How people don't count the cost. They don't consider the benefits and the pleasures and the blessings that they have. Now, you can go to the mall at this stage. Your children are grown. And you can, you can go to your badminton class and your knitting class and your... Your, your quilt class, you can go to drink tea and coffee, and, uh, and you got your own Cadillac to drive and go where you want to go. Your husband has set you up in a beautiful house, and you have given you a position to, to help people, and you're telling me you can't take it anymore. I say with the queen, get on with it and stop this foolishness. Get on with it, man, and enjoy your life. Harry looking mad as the devil over there. And Megan mad at herself for pulling all of this. Megxit didn't work. And, and Harry looking pitiful over there because he lost everything that made him great. Even at his grandmother's funeral. And I'm going to tell you something. I believe Harry brought her to her grave because I believe that was her favorite grandchild. He had that personality and she liked him and they kidded together and so forth. They had a good relationship at one time until Mexit came up in there. Hmm? Queen Jezebel. And I told her, I told y'all from the jump, first of all he should have never married the woman here you are, el uh, you know, eligible bachelor, and you're gonna marry a divorced woman, man. Come on, that's that that's right. That, that's that's curse number one, right from the jump. All these virgins out here, you know, a prince ought to marry a virgin, and you're gonna marry a woman who already done had sex with several men and are married to another man. You got to be kidding me. And I and I blame the queen for it. I told her, I said, thou art the woman. You got you created. You have created this mess. You helped create this mess. You should have put your, your heel down and said, no, uh-uh, don't marry. I don't care if you're black or white. But she needs to not, she, you can't marry a divorced woman from the jump. Your father took 
another man's wife and, 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 and got a divorce. And they're living in sin. I'm the head of the church. I can't do that. But she couldn't say anything because Charles was divorced and remarried along with his wife, divorced and remarried and cursed. Anyway, he went on to say, I prayed for her healing, but unfortunately, I've seen little improvement. And that's been the case with my wife and, and our relationship. But see, I'm wired a different way. I'm not down in the dumps because she does not act right. She does not act like a safe person. In fact, uh, quite frankly, if you will allow me to say, uh, as a man, being the kind of man I am, uh, we have great what they call makeup sex. Have always. She can be mad as the devil, but she calmed down in that bedroom. And, uh, and, and because I conquer her, if you will. And, uh, and so, uh, it, you know, it, it's nothing like having a feisty woman to get intimate with, to, to have sex with. Anyway, as a Christian, I'm committed, he said, to our marriage. But I have no grounds for divorce. Evidently, she never committed adultery. And that is the case, uh, according to my wife, that is the case here. Uh, because if she had done that, then uh, yes, I would have divorced her. Uh, now, if she comes to me now and says she did something 20 years ago or 25 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, I probably would still divorce her, but probably not at this point. I don't know. I feel trapped, he said in a cage with no hope. Can you give me some advice on how to survive my thorn in the flesh, which is my wife? <clears throat> now, ladies and gentlemen, that's a true account. Not of my situation, but it's similar. I didn't, I didn't put that together and, and told you that that I got that from this pastor who is a pastor of pastors. Now let me just say a few words regarding the text and then uh, we'll close the service down. My beloved, in our last group of messages in this series, we looked at uh, what it means to pray to God as Father. In this series, we are going to look at what happens when God says no to a prayer about removing affliction and infirmities and tribulations and troubles from our lives. To keep the Apostle Paul from being prideful, there was given to him a thorn in the flesh, a source of continual angst, a source of continual trouble, a source of continual pain. Paul prayed three times for this thorn in the flesh to be removed. 
from him. But God said no, and instead told Paul to rely on his divine grace, might, and strength. Now let me share this with you tonight and then we'll go home, so to speak. The Bible Knowledge Commentary, edited by Dr. Walvert and Dr. Zuck, says about this very interesting passage. Paul boasted about a man because his accent was on Christ, not himself. The Corinthian preoccupation with the external and the spectacular was regrettable to the Apostle Paul. He could boast of these things truthfully, by which he implied that the claims of other men in Corinth were suspect. But what mattered to Paul was not his achievements. Get that now. What mattered to Paul was not his achievements, but God's work being done through him and the gospel that he preached. <clears throat> In other words, preachers and pastors' wives, if your degrees on your wall and the circles that God has allowed you to walk in and run in and places you have been that God has allowed you to go is more important than the work that God gave you to do more important than the preaching of the gospel than in the words of Bishop Daniel White Jr. who is now in heaven uh, that's ass backwards It's always, it always has to be about the gospel and the word of God and doing the work of God and I would encourage all of you preachers to remember and, and, and all of you saints who are serious about serving the Lord your job is to give yourself to prayer and to the ministry of the word you know why I'm here tonight because my job is to uh, give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the word I have never worried about a crowd I am a living witness that you can God if he chooses to and wants you to be out in the wilderness just like John the Baptist God's word is so powerful his Holy Spirit is so powerful all God wants you to do is stand flat-footed and preach he'll take care of the crowd he'll take care of the people who need to be prayed for he'll take care of the soul saved he'll take care of the Christians who need to be revived and brought back into the fold by the power of his grace by the power of his Holy Spirit you just stand flat-footed and do God's will Give yourself to prayer and to the ministry of the word. 
Somebody said, if you get on fire for God, they'll come see you burn. Don't be concerned about that. You, you be concerned about being obedient to God, man. Stop worrying about who's coming and how many people staying home and how many folks out there not even listening to me and, and, and where's half my Zoom crowd. You don't need to be concerned about that. Where are you? Where's the Bible? Where's the Word of God? Where's prayer? You do that. And God will take care of the rest. And this goes for preachers and everybody. Give yourself to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. God didn't tell you to give yourself to worrying. Now, some of you people who didn't spend time with your children, you didn't teach your children, you didn't train your children, you let them go to daycare and then preschool and then kindergarten and then school, all the way up. You don't even know your children. There are teachers who know your children better than you do. You better, you, you better pray and worry, I guess. Because you failed as a parent. And I, 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 listen to me. Listen to me carefully. You're dead to me if you put your children in these hellhole schools, including daycare centers, kindergartens, whatever this stuff is you people are talking about to me. Kindergartens and daycare centers, preschool and all this, first, second, third, fourth. You're dead to me. Now, if you live in a city like I do, which is a quiet crime very little crime. Police and sheriffs are on top of it. Men who know what to do and women who know what to do. If you live in a, in a little town like that right there, I mean, maybe so, but, 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 uh, but I wouldn't even do that. Because Uvalde was a little sweet town like that too. The devil can jump on people anywhere. Uvalde was probably more peaceful than the town I live in. So I, I would, listen to me, and the homosexuals, they are hell-bent on turning your child into a homosexual transvestite. Not only a homosexual, but to, to, to change that girl into a boy in their minds. Or change that boy into a girl. They are hell bent on doing that. That's why many teachers have left. Now, if they, listen to me, parents. Listen to me, parents, who are so eager about dumping your children off into school somewhere for nine months, so that you could have a nine-month vacation from your children, using them as a glorified babysitter. You lack natural affection. Let me tell you something. Uh, if the teachers are leaving the school, and and and. They can't find teachers to take their place. How that ought to tell you something. You know, I'm, you know why many of those teachers left and, and 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 won't come back. It's not just the pay; it's what they want them to do. They want them to turn your little girl, your precious little girl, into a boy. Now the devil is a lie. Now let me tell you something. My hats off to these men who are not doing anything. But I'd be ready to hurt somebody about that. I would be ready to hurt somebody. About, I mean, that's the worst thing you can do to a parent. And won't even tell them 
that your child is transitioning from a girl to a boy. We got her set up for an operation to get her breast cut off or his penis cut off. Have you lost your righteous minds, people? If the teachers quit, you need to quit and homeschool your children yourself so you know where they are and you don't have to be worried about And already, listen to me, already. I don't care if you like it or not. I've already raised my children. I'm, t- I'm not telling you what I think you ought to do. I'm telling you what I know you ought to do. I've, I've already raised my children. We homeschooled all of our children all the way through college for the most part. They were home with me. While they were going through college. And my oldest daughter was the main one who did not want to go. I, then, I, then I went online myself uh, to let her know that I'm willing to do it and skip going to Dallas. I want to go to Dallas Theological Seminary. I said, I'm going to tell you what, you don't want to go, you don't want to go online? Then I, I'll go online too at the same university. That's what I did. Now, now she was my oldest child and she didn't want to do that. So for her to do it, everybody else followed. It was not a problem with anybody else. So uh, get your, bring your children home, man, woman. And, and some of you husbands got to step up and be a man and tell your wife. I don't ask her nothing because she, she wants that free eight, nine, ten hours away from her child. Most of them. The devil is a lie. And I know you don't like it. And some of y'all are still trying to kill me, but that's all right. I'm still preaching. I'm still here by the grace of God. And I'm here to tell you, you husbands, you know, listen, already people are bringing guns to the church and starting to shoot at students and and, and got alarms going on. You don't need that high blood pressure going on in your body. Here you are trying to work and, and... there was a, uh, the children are standing outside. Uh, there was an alarm. Somebody had a gun. That'd be, I mean, that should be it for you. My dear friend, that ought to be it. Bring your children home so you know where they are. They have great curriculum. In fact, listen to me. Let me tell you something else. They were, they were advertising that K through 12 curriculum very heavily you know why I mean homeschooling curriculum and I think it's free to you to those of you who take your children to the public school it's free you don't have to pay for it why were they running that so hard and heavy because they knew they didn't have the teachers and you still trying to take your children down there with 50 children in the class that's a problem uh, uh, waiting to happen I'm just sharing these things with you because I love you. These are free. This is is all free here. I've already preached what I wanted to preach tonight. Okay? Now, I've already preached the gospel as well, but in case you missed it, dear friend, Jesus Christ said the most loving, most magnificent, most uh, important words ever said. In the history of the world to mankind he said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son he was speaking about himself that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life 
You do understand that you are a sinner, don't you? Well, you have said yourself you're not perfect, so that means you are not, uh, uh, you, you are a sinner. You've done bad things. I have too. The Pope has, the Dalai Lama has, Joel Osteen, Joel Osteen, he's even committed some sins, as nice as he may seem to be. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible also says there's a punishment for sin, there's a payment for sin always. Even in this life, if somebody tries to molest your daughter, you want that man arrested, you want him to go to jail. If somebody kills your child by accident, you want that person arrested in court and in jail, don't you? Where does that come from? That sense of righteousness, that sense of justice, it comes from God. God is that way. And so all, and nobody gets away with sin, my friend. Even President Trump, who's in a world of trouble right now. Even a president does not get away with sin and lying and stealing and uh, uh, covering up, uh, per, uh, purloining and uh, uh, lust, covetousness, greediness. Nobody gets away with sin dishonoring and disrespecting your parents. Nobody gets away with sin, disrespecting God, committing adultery and homosexuality. All sin must be paid for. The Bible says the wages, the payment for sin is death. Death is a judgment. There's nothing pretty about death. The wages of sin is death. We're all going to die. The Bible tells us very clearly that uh, we all have an appointment with death. Man is uh, appointed to die. And after this, the judgment. That goes for you. That goes for me. King Solomon said, you can do what you want, but just understand you're going to have to stand before God in judgment one day. And so God wants you to understand that he loves you so much that he gave you this life to live in this beautiful place called earth. And he loves you so much that when you have when you sinned against him, he sent his only begotten son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins. John the Baptist said, "Behold, uh, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. And Jesus Christ paid your sin debt. If you do not believe in him and trust him as your Savior and repent of your sins, you're going to die and go to hell and be in hell forever. And this is no joke. 
you say, well, you say, well, preacher, I believe that God, uh, God is just not going to send us to hell like that. Uh, he loves us too much. Well, your unbelief will not change the fact. Jesus Christ did not die in vain. He died to save your soul from hell. In fact, he preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. He preached more on hell than uh, he did about heaven. Why? Because he loves you. He wants you to take advantage of what he did for you. He suffered God in the flesh, the Son of God. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins to pay your sin debt and my sin debt. He was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. That's why we have what is known to you as Easter. It is a celebration of Jesus Christ coming back from the dead. He went through hell and went to hell for you and me. And so he wants you to take advantage of what he did for you so that you can go to heaven for the divine reset one day. <clears throat> so believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend. Jesus Christ said, whosoever, that word whosoever means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's that whosoever again. It includes everybody. And all you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and call on his name in prayer and ask him to save you. And I'm here to help you pray that prayer called the sinner's prayer on this Wednesday night. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, if you want to get saved, believing in your heart in none other than Jesus Christ, who suffered and who bled and died on the cross for your sins, to pay your sin debt was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. God is not going to make you get saved, and I can't make you. So it's up to you. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. I understand because of that I deserve to die and go to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered and bled and died on the cross for my sins was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to turn around. Help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the newness of life, Lord Jesus Christ.
For it is in your holy name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer in sincerity and believed in your heart in sincerity in the Lord Jesus Christ, then according to the Bible, the Word of God, which I quoted to you, you are now saved from hell and on your way to heaven by the mercy and grace of God. You didn't join the church, you didn't get baptized, you didn't sing in the choir, you, you did not give any money to the church to get saved. You simply believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and that's how I got saved and that's how uh, thousands and millions of other people who got saved got saved. So welcome to the family of God. Congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To help you grow in the faith, please go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my free book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. It will give you the next steps of what you need to do as a new born-again Christian. Also, email us at whatever email you have on your platform that you're on. We're on multiple platforms around the world. Or you can uh, email me directly at dw3 at gospelitesociety.com. Let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. And you can email us and ask us any questions that you may have. And we have more material to send you to help you to grow in the faith. And also, uh, if you want us to pray for you, you can send in your prayer request. And we will pray for you. Uh, one of the reasons why I believe God allows us to receive so many prayer requests is because he knows that we're going to pray for the people who send in their prayer requests. And we give God the glory, praise, and honor for that honor. And so, my dear friends, may God keep you and may God bless you real good is my prayer. Those of you who are with me live, those of you who will be with me, will be with me on demand and around the world. God bless you tonight. Make sure you pray without ceasing. Until next time.